All right, everybody. Welcome in. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hope you guys are doing well. If you guys can see, uh, if you guys are on my my personal Facebook page, thank you guys for joining in. Um, it's been it's been a little while since we've been here, right? It's been a week. So I hope you guys are are pumped up, ready to go with uh with another lively discussion with me, Jason Line, Mister America, the Bearded Truth. Want to get through uh, giving my thanks. Thank you to you all for joining in for uh, showing some support. If you guys are looking to figure out where to find us to find to hop in for the live streams, you guys can find us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Periscope, Twitter, and of course you can find all of these episodes and all previous episodes at muddiedwatersoffreedom.com. Now we got some uh, some changes coming up in the future and we will address those hopefully on Monday. Um, so get excited for that. Um, Big thanks to Muddy Waters Media for giving me a platform to come out here to talk to you guys about politics and social issues and give you my views, my opinions, and my stances on things. If you guys have never been here before, my name is Jason Lyon, Mr. Murka, the Bearded Truth. I am your neighborhood-friendly libertarian. Uh, I don't bite, and I don't, aggra- I don't aggress upon others who don't aggress upon me. So uh, it'll be a lively show tonight. We've got... I, I say lively. I say lively because... We're going to get animated because we're going to be talking about rights that were taken, that are being stolen from the state. Uh, we're going to be talking about a potential conflict um, that has, up to this point, been thwarted. As well as we're going to be talking about an attempted amendment to the Constitution and what that means and everything else. So um, it should be a lively debate should, or discussion. Um, I will open up the call line in. For up for everybody. So if you guys want to hop in on the phone lines, um, let me know, and I will certainly open them up for you. Um, but towards the end of the show, we will also be opening those up as well. So hope you guys are all doing well. Hopefully you enjoyed your week. There's been a lot of of, of ruckus out there, and uh, and I apologize for missing Monday night. We got tied up with some some big news and some big changes. Give me one second. I gotta open this can. As I splatter soda all over my screen. All right. So it wouldn't be the Bearded Truth Show on Muddy Waters Media if I didn't find some way to cause a problem amongst myself. So, like I said, we got some, we also do have some good news. We have some good news that came from the Trump administration and nobody's talking about it. So we got to cover that as well. Um, We'll we'll save the good news for the middle of this. That way we don't go too far into the depression and hatred and and, and vitriol for the government. Um, so we will we will bring it back and and uplift with something good that President Trump has done, as well as of course when we talk about the conflict itself. So first, I want to start off with a situation with a situation that happened up in New York. Now, for those of you guys who have never lived in New York, and I don't blame you for not wanting to be there, um, their their gun laws up there are incredibly strict and burdensome. Now, there was an individual who managed to catch himself with a felony charge. He is a 64-year-old New York homeowner who shot a pair of homeowner or home invaders and then was arrested. So this individual was using a Rossi 38 revolver, which is legal in New York State. He did not have a gun that was not allowed. Um, he was well within his rights to 
to possess this weapon and utilize this weapon in order to defend his his life and his property. So what could the state have a problem with him for? Well, the problem was was that even though he rightfully obtained his weapon from his father prior to to his father being deceased, right? This 64-year-old man utilized a gun in order to protect his life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, but the gun was still registered to his father. So imagine this, right? You're a good guy with a gun. You're not doing no harm to anyone. You have no problem with defending yourself. That's what the Second Amendment is all about. That is what the natural right of self-defense is all about. Protecting yourself and not infringing yourself upon others. Well, the state has determined that because you did not ask the crown and you did not get the crown's, you did not get the king's blessing to obtain this weapon, that now you potentially could be facing, I, I believe it was 20 years. 20 years. And so... I want to I want to bring this out to a bigger topic, a bigger idea, and that is that the state, right, when they come in and they push this on a good guy, on a on an individual who's just there to protect himself, and they are willing to throw this man in jail, that that is on the grounds of the state standing directly in the way of your safety. Saying that you are just as bad, just as disgusting as those who steal, as those who harm others. And if, if these criminals who broke into his house and were stealing his things would have gotten away and then been charged with a crime, they would have been charged with a lesser charge than what this man was being charged with. I, I cannot fathom why it is that the state of New York and this government stands idly by while they make it not only more difficult for good people to carry out their lives, but they also, by proxy, make it easier for bad people, for criminals, for people who seek to infringe upon others the ability to come and do their destruction on others. Because, well, he's just a good guy and called the cops after shooting these two and killing them. The cops took him away. But the, the driver, the driver of the two individuals that were killed, she is facing no charges because she is working with the police. She is working with the authorities. So the person who actually was there and helped make this movement happen, enabled or enabled the crime to be committed. It's fine. But that guy. That guy he he got a gun from his father. His father before he died didn't properly process it through our 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 system. And so we must take him down. This is not only like a a, a a quasi gun grab. This is a quasi take out the good people and leave us with the bad. I cannot. I 
I sit here. I sit here before you as a good libertarian, as a good-hearted man that doesn't want to do negative things to others. But when the state does this, the state is only begging. It's begging for riots and protests and aggressions to be committed upon them in accordance with our founding fathers and what they believed. Jefferson wrote and spoke about that a revolution, that people revolting against the government every 20 years is actually good for the country. It is, it is to keep the government limited. And, and situations like this just really, really make that, uh, really hit it home with that. While we talk about protests, I do want to, if you guys missed it, Hong Kong, Hong Kong's got a protest going on. People stepping up against the government. More than 25% of Hong Kong's population of 7.4 million people protested this, this last weekend. It is the largest protest in modern history. So it, I'm not going to go into to, to details on that. But I just I want you guys to see that there's so many movements out there. There are so many countries and, and groups that are stepping up and they're, they're saying... They may be saying no more. They may be saying a little less. They may be saying just something different. Why is it that America, why is it that we are the lazy? Why is it that we are the complicit? Why is it that we are the ones that are just accepting? We say, Molan Labe, take it from my cold, dead fingers. But then when they're taken from others, we sit idly by. We say, don't raise our taxes. Oh, you only raised it by two cents. On the dollar? That's fine. Oh, don't raise our property taxes? Well, it's okay. We have become sheeple. We have become so weak as a populace that we don't even stand up against those who are committing committing, um, aggressions against us and our rights. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. So, I want to move on to the flag topic. Please don't get triggered. Don't get upset about this. <sighs> don't don't get upset about this. But when it comes to, I apologize for the picture quality. Man, I gotta get gotta give me some some gooder internet, I guess. Um, when it comes. When it comes to the flag burning amendment, there was a senator who pushed pushed an attempt to make it make an amendment for the Constitution. So he's at least utilizing Article Five in order to change this, um, in order to make burning a flag a crime, in order to make it to where no one um, no one is allowed to burn a flag. Now. Burning a flag is not necessarily a great thing. It's not necessarily a good act of protest. It's not smart. It's not, you know, there's not much to it, to the idea that this is to the benefit of others. But what it has been and what it is, is the freedom of expression. Now, this has been defended by Congress. This has been defended time and time again. And but the idea is, is that because of the First Amendment, we have the freedom of expression. Now, if we're going to make a new amendment in order to prevent 
others from hurting our feelings because we cannot burn the flag um, because it, it means something different to, to others, then what is the difference between making an amendment to end hate speech? What is the difference between that and, and ending speech of, of views that we disagree with? Um, I, I think that if you're a supporter of this, you to be consistent, you have to say then then freedom of speech does not exist. Freedom of expression does not exist and it shouldn't exist. And we can have that discussion. But what I've seen is the people who support this amendment is that they have this this visceral hatred for people who disagree with them. They have they 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 in essence have have taken the left's ideology and the left's practices and said, you can say whatever you want except for when I disagree with it. And and so to that extent, when President Trump threw the red meat out to his base and he said, yeah, I support this. That's all that it was. You guys bought it hook, line and sinker. The idea that we are going to pass an amendment with with enough states signing on to this just shows either the trust that enough people are outraged and offended by somebody burning their own property or it's it's just merely a way to rile you up. I don't think that this will ever pass, and I don't think it ever should. So it's when we when we look at this, right? If you burn my flag, I've got a flag hanging up right behind me. You guys, you guys all know this. I have a flag hanging up behind me every show, every day, and I will I will always have a flag with me. I do appreciate America. I do love America. I am a patriot. Um, but if we make it illegal, I will be, I will, it will be difficult for me to resist the idea of just burning a flag out of protest of the, the stupidity of the idea that we're going to make it illegal. Now, Candace Owens is somebody that the right has been accepting and loves and adores, and they think that she's... They or she is their spirit animal in a lot of ways. She's been in front of Congress. She said some things with uh, with the immigration um, internment camps or or detention camps, whatever you would like to call it. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into that discussion later. But Candace Owens even says, "Look, if I become president, I'm going to make that illegal myself." I can't. I. I cannot figure out how this is a justifiable thing. Why this is, um, why this is a tolerable view. Why is it that you get to tell people, look, you did something with your property that I disagree with. Now, if you burn somebody else's flag, I'm right there with you, right? I'm standing strong with you. You don't touch other people's stuff. You don't destroy other people's properties. And, and I will happily stand with you. But if you say you went and bought this flag and you burned it, now there's potentially they may go buy another flag. They may go buy another flag. They may go buy another flag. And now the flag industry is booming. Are you really going to stand in the way of the flag industry booming? It's fine. You can do what you would like to do. But nonetheless, um, uh, there's a difference, though, for, my, for a country to say, hey, you cannot burn my flag is a touch different than the country saying effectively on an individual level, you can't say stuff that offends people. No, no, it's, it's entirely, entirely the same because they are, they are both an expression, right? If we're going to say, look, you can't express yourself in this way, but you can express yourself in that way, that's okay, right? Uh, China, North Korea, 
totalitarian countries sit there and go, you cannot condemn us, you cannot aggress against us, you cannot think think about us in a negative way. You must be all accepting. And uh, don't you dare even think about desecrating something that represents us. The symbolism there is if you attack this, if you desecrate that, if you if you mar this image, then you are marring me. And and to to think that burning a flag is is symbolism for hating America, for hating the military, for hating the government, for or for anything other, you're you're applying your subjective uh, stance to it, and that may not even be what they're talking about. It's if if we're going to force people to be accepting and to tolerate and to love and to uh, to agree. Um, with others, then there is no freedom, right? Would you rather have a group of a thousand people be forced to love and adore you, or would you rather have a hundred people actually care and respect you? I would much rather have. Um, what, what's the saying? I'd rather have four quarters than than a hundred pennies, right? I would rather have people actually care. I would rather have actual patriotism. And when you force this, right, it's much like it's much like the salute in the military. I, while I was in and while anyone who was in, they have performed multiple, multiple, multiple salutes. Now, during the times of of giving salutes, now that's supposed to be respect, showing respect to the ranks, showing respect to the officers, yada, yada, yada. But that's not how it is, right? That's not how it is at all. Because under the UCMJ, Uniform Code of Military Justice, should you not salute, you could be punished for that. So... We are saying you must show respect or we will infringe upon you. So when I saluted, when I saluted officers, I can count on one hand how many officers I truly respected and I was giving a salute to them out of respect to them. Now, I've done hundreds. I had done hundreds of salutes while in the Navy. If we force it, it doesn't mean anything. If we allow it, it means something. And uh, I, I definitely don't want to see. I don't want to see this um, be taken down and, and made worse than what it is. And so, I don't know. I, let me know if you're in support of a flag burning amendment or a law and silencing those. If you disagree and you've got a different point of view on that, feel free to drop that in the comment section. You can drop it. Uh, like I said, you know, we're on Facebook, on Twitter, on Periscope. Um, and of course, we'll be on all, all your favorite podcast apps later. You can find us all at Muddy Waters of Freedom. But I don't know. It's just some disgusting bootlicking, if you ask me. It is some disgusting boot licking, if you ask me. <sighs> All right, so I want to read a an article for you guys real quick, and um, and then we'll get we'll get into the happy news. We'll get into the good news um, that has come from the from the Trump administration via an executive order. Ooh, ooh, Jason is supporting an executive order. What is that? We will get into that, um, but. Oregon's Democratic Governor Kate Brown, this is from an article from OregonLive.com. 
Oregon's Democratic Governor Kate Brown has dispatched the state troopers to find missing Republican senators and bring them back to Salem to legislate. All 11 Republican senators are in hiding, at least some of them out of state, in order to prevent the, st- the Senate from having the quorum it needs to operate. If you guys have never been involved with like uh, parties or affiliations, if you don't have quorum, basically that means you don't have enough people to make it a quote-unquote a real deal um, in order to actually move, to make amendments, to make motions, to actually do anything with official conduct. Um, so these Republicans left. They don't want to do it. Now, the reason why they left is because they can't abide the Democratic-backed carbon cap and spend and spending bill that is up for the vote on that day which was on yesterday so on thursday uh when republicans failed to show up on the senate floor at the 11 a.m session senator president peter courtney of salem asked the sergeant at arms to reach for the capital for the missing lawmakers we can't find them we can't find them governor governor where are our republicans we need to vote We need to pass this. We need carbon caps. Carbon caps? Don't they care about the environment? In response to the walkout, Courtney formally requested that Brown dispatch Oregon State Police Troopers to round up the missing Republicans. And she quickly, or they, I don't remember if it was a male or female, but Brown quickly granted that request. It is absolutely unacceptable that Senate Republicans would turn their back on their constituents who they are honor bound to represent here in this building, she said in a statement. Oh, so it is a she. They need to return and do their jobs they were elected to do. I'm going to forward this, follow this up. The legislator's top lawyer. This is at the very end of the article where it gets spicy and juicy. The legislator's top lawyer advised lawmakers in 2016 that the state constitution gives the governor the power to order the state. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Nope. That was not it. That was not the one I was talking about. Um, but the early May walkout ended when Democrats agreed to kill two bills. No, that wasn't it either. Where is this? Mm. There was a time in which this, the Democrats have also walked out of the floor, and I was hoping to to find that. Oh, I'm so upset with myself. I apologize. I ruined that whole entire thing. Um, but nonetheless, uh, by Thursday evening, the state police provided more information in a release saying that several senators had been contacted and that the agency will go to great lengths to avoid physically arresting and handcuffing lawmakers. No physical contact is permitted, the release continued, without permission from the police superintendent. They're even receiving out-of-state resources in order to, to obtain this. So if you're a lawmaker, you're bound to honor your oath and come in. And even when you vehemently disagree, you must let legislation go through. It's kind of weird that Democrats would say, you know, elections have consequences and we're, we're doing this. While at the same time, what are they doing at the national level? I think it's interesting. Oh, here it is. In in 2001, Oregon House Democrats walked out and hid to stop a vote on Republican legislation redistricting bill. They stayed away, bringing House business to a halt for almost a week. So Democrats do this in 2001. And as, as normal, as normal, 
when the Democrats do something that is disruptive to the legislature, like what we saw with the uh, the nuclear option for Supreme Court nominees at the federal court, uh, the blowback comes from the Republicans and the Democrats cry foul. It's really interesting how it's 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 you can go. Uh, I forgot that that saying. Mm. Good enough for thee, but not good enough for me. I think that something to that effect. Um, it's good enough for the Democrats to walk out in 2001, but 2019? No, 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 no. We are 18 years beyond that, bro. We are well beyond that. How dare you think that this is acceptable and tolerable? Mm. I cannot believe that you guys would think that this is conscionable. Um, all right. Cyrus, I did respond to you. Let me get to the comments real quick. I, I did respond to exactly what you had said. I apologize. You were actually flipping over to the YouTube when I did make that. Um, Pat says, I believe people should have the choice to do whatever they choose with their property. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So. Oregon, the lefty loony state, one of the lefty loony states, messing things up and having a weird time with it. Um. Oh, so Boogie Bumper just sent me something. If you're out there, Boogie Bumper, um, he just sent a pretty sick tweet. So if you guys find Boogie Bumper on Twitter, make sure you guys give him a like, retweet for this. But he said the same people, and we will get into this topic. Right now. Um, we'll get into this and then we'll build up to the other one. I apologize. I'm going to delay it because this tweet is pretty sick. Uh, the same people who want to go with war with Iran because they shot an American government drone out of the sky would scream and get all pissed if the American government flew a drone over their house. So, if you guys somehow missed the barrage of news going on with Iran, let me update you. So beyond the attempted Gulf of Tonkin there in the Bay of Oman, um, when two Japanese oil freighters um, were attacked and the U.S. intelligence and the White House and everyone else said, look, they were doing bombings. They were, they were mining the strait and the, the boats were blown up because of mines and here we've got a video of some iranians um which if you go to babylon b they they show mike or uh uh bolt taking this off the mustache um but you had them saying that it was mines that had caused this meanwhile the um the owner of the boats the the owner of the business said no no, no these were projectiles they were flying um, and so there was there was this attempt for uh, misinformation being provided by the government in order to rile up the people and get them upset and get them angry. And this has worked for a, a, a gross amount of people. Um, but then we, we come on to. What was it, Thursday? I believe it was Thursday. So Thursday morning, news breaks that we have. 
Um, we have an American drone that was by American intel or by American reporting being 21 miles off the coast of, of Iran and by Iran's reporting being eight or nine miles off the coast of Iran. 12 miles is the threshold. So once you go into 12 miles, you're within the Iranian airspace. If you're outside of it, you're international, um, airspace. Regardless of wherever this drone was, I think that the more important part of this is that the drone was on a spy mission. It was a spy drone flying around Iran. Now, this comes after after on Monday and Tuesday, we had sent a 1,000 troops around Iran, not into Iran, but around Iran, and we also sent down planes like B-52 bombers. So we were preparing for an offensive strike down there in Iran. Now, this was very this was made vocal by the uh, by the administration and by the media. So Iran knew that we were we were posturing in order to um, in order to get ready for some kind of an armed conflict on the grounds there in Iran. And then we have the audacity to move along and to send a spy drone to send a drone off the coast of Iran, trying to. Whether it goes into the into the airspace of Iran or if it doesn't, but they send it along in order to collect information. And, and I want you to put yourself in the shoes of Iran. You have somebody that's knocking at your door, posturing at your door, getting ready to blow open your door, and then they send a drone to spy on you. Pretty sure you'd get pretty defensive just the same. I'm pretty sure you would be worried, and you might you might go to the lengths of saying, oh, that looks like an unmanned drone. I'm going to shoot it down. And so that's what Iran did. This got everybody fired up. It was $130 million of taxpayer money that they just destroyed. I, don't you dare think that I should ever hold the government accountable for what they're doing. I should be all about... I should be worried all about what is actually going on. Um, sorry, one second. Um, we have somebody that is that wants to join in. So give me give me one second while I while I fix this. But um, we <clears throat> we have to hold the government accountable for what they did. It is it is extremely. It's stupid to believe that during this entire interaction, that during this time, that America is only in the best interest of itself and it cannot, it is invulnerable from what it is doing. And, and certainly trying to poke the bear, trying to set up an offensive attack and then going, oh no, this wicked beast that defends itself, it's worried about its sovereignty. Let's go ahead and listen to John Bolton and Mike Pompeo, those nasty neocon war hawks sitting in the administration who need, who need to be fired with great prejudice. We need to li- get rid of them. They're trash. They're absolutely trash and they're going to destroy this country. But, um, so the drone comes down. Now, later that night, last night, Here's where where Trump does good. Trump has campaigned on the idea that 
we don't go after and we don't start new wars in the Middle East. We we don't get into more conflicts. We try to stay away as much as possible. And he is he's worked to try to reduce some of the 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 boots on the ground there in in Syria and in Afghanistan that was blocked by Congress. And then when they try to pull out of of Saudi Arabia support, he vetoed that. But the gist of what he's done is he's tried to to be less of an interventionist. When it came to the response, right, you had people advocating for a full-on open war with Iran, saying they destroyed military equipment, they destroyed American property, they destroyed American taxpayer dollars, and so we need to seek vengeance. We need to destroy Iran for that. Make them a parking lot. These are disgusting people, and you should never listen to them. But the more, I would say the more pleasant people that are advocating for attacks, they were advocating for a military strike. You destroy military property, we destroy military property. You kill some civilians, we kill some civilians, right? Eye for an eye, and we will hope that the world doesn't go blind, is what they were hoping for. Well, they set up, the military set up for a strike, for a response, and President Trump had authorized this strike. And while the strike was coming along, 10 minutes after he had ordered this, he had asked the general, how many civilians will be killed? And he tweeted this out, and I'm thankful for it. I, I haven't retweeted it, and I apologize for that. But how many civilians will be, or how many people will be killed? And the general quickly responds with 150 people. And so Trump immediately calls this off, immediately calls off um the attack because the escalation the escalation of a piece of equipment for the cost of 150 people is not worth it it's not worth it in any way and and certainly certainly um he made the right decision there right because yes they shouldn't be blowing up our stuff, and we should not be putting our stuff in, in their way. We should not be putting our stuff at, at risk by putting it over there and, and hanging it out for them to take down and to tear away. Now, Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro, I have to talk about him. Ben Shapiro is one of those guys that on, on domestic issues, he's a little bit better than most. But when it comes to foreign policy, Ben Shapiro is the guy you don't want to listen to. Because Ben Shapiro, when he talks about, when he talks about domestic affairs, he says intersectionality. He says that race. He says that ethnicity, religion. He says all these things don't matter. But when it comes to the foreign policy, stances are a little bit different. And, and so Ben Shapiro tweeted out today, disproportionate response to attacks on U.S. assets are a good way of showing our enemies that we will mash them if they continue to escalate. The U.S. doesn't want war. You know who doesn't want more war even more? The Ayatollahs who will find themselves quite dead if war occurs. So Ben Shapiro is basically saying we need to just crush people. You come after our property. We're going to kill you. We're going to decimate you. And then we'll... If it does continue to escalate, then we will just wipe out your entire country and turn you into a parking lot. Now, good old Ben Shapiro here, the guy who made a quick call to fame, has been made one of the most 
uh, successful conservative podcast is just showing his true colors. Now, Ben Shapiro has never been somebody that's good on foreign policy from the times of when he was 17 and he started writing on a syndicated uh, column to all the way till now, still, to this very moment, he is very hawkish and, and, and destructive. Even Paul Watson, or Paul Joseph Watson is saying, let's get out of this. Let's get out of this entirely. And and one of the pictures that he had actually tweeted at Ben Shapiro, I think, is very good. Other disproportionate responses. Invasion of Iraq. 500,000 dead. Thousands of U.S. troops maimed and killed. One million Christians flee. Country ruined for generations. Invasion of Libya. Secular leader removed. Country overtaken by tribal gangs. Rise of ISIS. Paris massacre. Nice massacre. Manchester Manchester Arena Massacre, London Bridge Attack, International Refugee Crisis, Chaotic Mass Immigration, Support for Jihadist Syrian Rebels, Civil War, 500,000 dead, 80% of Christians forced to flee, Worst Relations with Russia Since the Cold War. In other words, if we just keep escalating, it never ends. It never ends. We will be in another Iraq. We will be in another Afghanistan. We will be there until the country is ended, whether that is America or the countries that we are inhabiting. And and it's these views, it's these stances that, that are truly, truly disgusting. So hopefully, hopefully you guys aren't taking the side that, uh, that we need to begin involved in, in taking this stuff out, but feel free. Um, <laughs> um, but feel free if you guys if you guys have other views opposing views if you guys want to call in I will leave the call in number up um, because I know this Iran topic is one that lots of people like to talk about but in the interim I will finally get over to the executive order on evaluating and improving the utility of federal advisory committees issued on June 14th. So it's been out for one week and you haven't heard anything about this on the mainstream media. But I'm going to, I'm not going to give a good summary of this. I'm going to let my friend Laird, who wrote this, uh, I'm going to allow him to explain it because he is in the legal realm of things and I am not. So the Federal Advisory Committee Act or FACA, was enacted in 1972 to bring some order to the myriad advisory committees created by federal agencies. It is codified as Appendix 5 Alpha to Title V of the U.S. Code. As of the end of 2017, the last date available, there were 1,087 such committees spread across more than 50 federal agencies at a total cost of about $384 million dollars. The General Services Administration is tasked with overseeing them all and with eliminating overlapping or uh, duplicative uh, committees, terminating unnecessary or inactive ones, and establishing committee management regulations, guidelines, and training policies. Last week, President Trump issued an executive order issuing all federal agencies to conduct a complete review of their advisory committees, excluding one of those mandated by statute, Um, to evaluate their current need and to eliminate at least one-third of them by September 30th. At a minimum, agencies are directed to eliminate those committees which have accomplished their stated objectives, have become obsolete, whose functions have been assumed by another entity, or whose cost of operation exceeds the benefits. 
Sounds like a good businessman to me. Agencies are permitted to count toward their reductions any committees terminated since January 20th, 2017, the date of President Trump's inauguration. The the executive order establishes a government-wide cap on the number of advisory committees which may be in existence at any one time, and the cap is 350, plus those whose existence is mandatory by statute. Interestingly, although the GSA is supposed to be overseeing all these committees under the executive order, agencies' reports are to be sent to the Office of Management and Budget, which is given the sole authority to issue waivers of the elimination targets and create limitations, or to create and creation limits. Apparently, Trump lacks confidence in the GSA's ability to do their job properly. This is a piece of Trump's promise to eliminate two regulations for each one implemented, a promise which so far he has greatly surpassed. There's about 22 regulations cut for every one that he created in his first year in office. The direct cost of unnecessary advisory committees may be relatively small, but their indirect cost could be large. They need to be cut. In any event, elimination of a substantial number of them will have a a salutatory effect across the government and could lead to far greater savings in the eliminations of waste. It's a good start. So thank you, Laird, for sharing that with me. And if you guys are looking for what this executive order is, again, that is executive order on evaluating and improving the utility of federal advisory committees. Cutting down the government, draining the swamp, whatever you would like to call it, this is what's called winning. So thank you, Trump, for that executive order. I know I'm not a man that that loves and adores executive orders, but when the executive order is used directly to limit, to cut, to prohibit the growth of government, I'm all for it. Yeah, that's right. I flip and flop on that, guys. You guys can accept that. All right. Let me see. Let me see here. I got one more topic I think I want to cover with you guys. Um, nope, I got the rights. So, nobody's called in yet. You guys, nobody wants to talk to me. That's fine. That's cute. That's cool. Um, but, I want to, I do also want to announce if you guys have not heard of Parlor before, I am finally on Parlor. Um, Parlor is a platform that is supposed to be more centered around freedom of speech, not like Twitter, not like Facebook. So if you guys want to go over to Parlor, P A R E L or L E R, P A R L E R, find us on, find me on Parlor at Mr. Bearded Truth. I'm sure that we will be moving muddy waters of freedom over there as well. Um, in the future, that has not been discussed yet. So if anyone is in here from Muddy Waters, Threw it on you. Kelsey asked if you posted the Operation Essential Oils link. I have not posted the Operation Essential Oils link yet. But while we're talking about operations and posts, and posts, I do have to talk about one post. Post office box operations. Now, what is that, you guys could ask? What could possibly be a P.O. box operation? Well, this is an operation that is happening down in the state of Florida where we are looking to... There's um, down at Stateside Cava, they're looking to vet the homeless people to find out a homeless, find homeless people that are looking to actually get out to work their way out of of the struggles and the problems that they've gotten themselves into. And so they will vet these people. 
They will vet the homeless, whether it takes one in a thousand, one in a million, whatever it is, they will keep searching to find somebody who is just in dire straits and is is actually wanting to work. And so what they will do is they're going to set up a P.O. box for, for this individual or individuals. And you guys can can help out and support by sending in gift cards, by sending money for sending job applications. You guys can send whatever it is that you guys can do to help out and to, to help somebody out that, that may have just hit a rough spot. Um, if you guys have not seen Matt Wright's show last night, Thursday night, the, the writer's block, please go follow us on, on all of our platforms and you can check out the episode from last night. Uh, he had Brendan on, and and they discussed it at, at at great length, and and it's certainly a great operation that they're doing. I'm I'm truly inspired, and so um, we'll be collecting up some stuff, and we'll be ship, ship, uh, shipping it on down. But uh, you know, I if you guys could do the same, PO Box operation is a great cause and a great movement, and uh, so let's let's make it better. And if you guys want to find out more, you guys can go over to the Facebook page, facebook.com/slash/statesidecavabar. Um, you can find there, and then they also do have a brand new uh, Facebook page over there as well. That is PO Box Operation. Um, make sure you guys tune in and or check it them out and and support in any way that you can because we don't need the government stepping in to, to take care of the homeless. Because if you look at at California, if you look across this country, the government really doesn't care. They don't care about the homeless. They don't care about those who suffer. All they care about is getting your support. And uh, so it's about time that we pick up the shovel and we dig the ditch and we take care of our own. So um, if you guys could take a moment out of your day, check that out and, and throw out some support if you can. Um, it, it truly is a big and beautiful, um, big and beautiful thing. But I think with that, I think with that, since none of y'all want to be chatterboxes and call in, that's fine. Um, we're going to wrap it up for tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed your week. It is Friday, so do not drink and drive or ride with those who do. You have family and friends who care about you and love you deeply. And if you believe that uh, you should be hit by drunk drivers because you didn't do anything for against drunk drivers, then I just did my something. Very pointed comment there. If you don't get the reference, you're better off. Um, but with that, guys, I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. I hope you guys stay safe. Um, hopefully this weekend will be nice and calm and we can we can get through the weekend and uh, we can return back on Monday to start the whole week all over again. Um, I will see you guys Monday night as we start the whole week back over again. So thank you guys all for coming in. Thank you for the likes, for the retweets, for the shares, for the support, for everything that you guys have done. And thank you again to Muddy Waters Media for giving me this platform. Um, hope you guys all are well and you guys have good times and you guys do something nice and charitable for another person. Just give somebody a smile, give somebody a little support. That's all that some people need in order to be better. So thank you guys all for being here. I am Mr. Merka, the beard of truth, Jason Lyon. I'll see you guys on Monday. Have a good night.